It don't cost a bit more to dream big than it does little. Today, I will have my faith built by the word of God. I will not allow my past to control my future. Yeah. I will dream big because I serve. Come on, dreamers. Yeah. You may be seated. In all seriousness, um, I'm, I'm glad that Apostle Jack can get away and have some vacation time and that we can still come in here and we can still get into his presence. And I know that makes the father of the house, you know, one of the father, but, you know, he's like second in command, right? He's like, hey, my kids got this, so thank you, Apostle Jack, for trusting us. And I will bring a word tonight that I know um, that I know that's from God and, and falls under the same thing that Pastor is always preaching on. Y'all know I'm a faith. When I do speak, I speak faith. And I talk about prosperity. I do it a lot because I believe that's what God wants us to have. All right, so tonight, somebody say, I'm with God. The basis of this message tonight is about the possibilities, the endless possibilities. We just said our dream confession. We're dreamers, right? Y'all like to dream around here. Say, are y'all pie in the sky, head in the sky dreamers? Nope. We are dreamers about what is coming. Come on, y'all. About what is here. We're dreamers. We're not, and you know, a lot of times, especially in the world, when people talk about dreamers, and usually it's kind of looked down upon because most of the time those people don't quite acquire or reach their dreams in the world's system. Come on, y'all. But we're a different breed of dreamers around here. We're believers in the possibilities, the endless possibilities, as defined by the Word of God. So go with me to Matthew 19.26. So let's talk about the possibilities. What are the possibilities? This is a New Living Translation, and it says this. Jesus looked at them intently. You know what the word intently means? That's kind of like, like, he like, he got, he made eye contact. He made eye contact, Brother Eric, and he's like, look. This is very important. He intently looked at them and said, you got to get this. And said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, somebody say, with God, everything is possible. Everything. What does everything mean? Everything. Just like we say, what does all mean around here? It means all. Here Jesus has given the formula to endless possibilities. Jesus has given the formula to limitless possibilities. Jesus doesn't limit, God doesn't limit the possibilities. We limit the possibilities. God's got it all. God's ready to rain it down on us. He's just like, are you going to limit it? I'm not going to limit it because the formula gives no cap. How many, how many, are there any, any salespeople in here? No, just me. There's a few. Thank you. Thank you. Have you ever dealt with a cap before? If you haven't, here's, here's, here's the cap. A lot of companies, when you hit big commissions, like, you know, y'all know I hit like that 16 million, praise God, that $16 million contract. They put a cap on my commissions. They're like, whoa, 
That was a little too much. So we got we're gonna bring you up to this level. That's okay though, because they're not my source. And the possibilities that God's talking about doesn't have a cap. So I, you know, my possibilities of that commission, I don't have to worry that they put a cap on that because the cap that they put on it and the difference between where I should have been and where they put me at, God's going to take care of somewhere else. There's no limits on the possibilities. And I like this. The formula doesn't take years to solve. It doesn't. He gave a very simple formula. The formula doesn't take years to solve. It's not complex. You don't need a Sheldon Cooper. How many has ever watched Big Bang Theory? It's okay. It's, it's no, you know, no, no judgment, you know. Sheldon Cooper, we don't need Sheldon Cooper in our lives to help solve the formula. We don't need some scientist, some mathematician, you know, that has to go years and years and years, theoretical physicist. I like this. I think I made up a new word. Theoretical theologians. Say that ten times. We don't need these theoretical theologians, these word people, to get into the Bible and let's dig into this and let's really kind of find, you know, let's go to the Old Testament and see what this prophet says and see what then maybe it'll add up to today. We don't need that. The formula is simple and is laid out. And it's so simple, in fact, that sometimes we don't truly understand the magnitude of the value of this equation. The reason for this is because we read this sometimes. I'm guilty of this. We read it with our natural glasses, our natural eyes. We, we read that Matthew 19, 26 with our natural eyes, and we're like, okay, yeah, humanly speaking, it's possible. But with God, you know, and we, we throw it all off on God. Come on, y'all. With God, he can handle this. With God, all things are possible. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. He wants us to put our supernatural glasses on. And the first thing that when I put those glasses on, when I did that, when I was reading this, the first thing in this scripture that jumped out at me and grabbed a hold of me with a shaking was two words, humanly speaking. The value of the equation of endless possibilities can be miscalculated and completely thrown off with one simple action, humanly speaking. Speaking the world's language. Ooh, ooh. Speaking the world's language will not get me to my endless possibilities. I just gave you an example. There is no power of possibilities in the world's language. Human speaking only produces what he just said. Impossibilities. Humanly speaking... It is impossible. Here's what humans will do, because human speaking is actually rooted in doubt. It's rooted in unbelief. It's rooted in happenstance. That's, a, that's an old word. Maybe you don't use that a lot, but that's like, you know, that's like fate. Maybe that's a better word. I'll leave it up to fate. Y'all ever heard that before? Only if you're lucky. I said that a couple times years ago, <laughs> and... Y'all remember Miss Barbara Sands? One time I said it, I said, if I'm lucky, and she got me, and she should have. She said, luck has nothing to do with it. You're a child of God. Right? I hope so. Y'all ever heard that one before? I hope so. 
That's not the hope that we're, we're rooted in. That's a, mm, I don't know about it. Or if it happens, here's what the world, humanly speaking, will say, that was only coincidence. Human speaking produces impossibilities. When I am dependent on the world or the flesh to produce, the majority of the time it will produce impossibilities because it's working natural values instead of supernatural values, and natural variables don't make the equation work. I know I'm getting a little science. If you weren't a science fan in school, I apologize. My son's in honors chemistry. God bless him. He can do all things through Christ. He didn't get that from his dad. Jesus in Matthew 19, 26 was very blunt. If you talk like a human, then you will be incapable of reaching the end result you seek. I'm not going to do it. Here Jesus tells us to avoid the path right off the bat. So if that's the incorrect path, we'll get off that. It won't lead us to endless possibilities. What's the correct path to take to endless possibilities? With God. With God. This, however, is not just saying, God, get in the passenger seat. We're together. You're with me. Or as I said earlier, it's not saying, God, you own this. You, you take care of this. That's not the with God that Jesus is talking about. With God is changing the makeup of the variable in the equation. See, in science, and I promise this is the last time we'll talk about science, because I don't want you to tune out. But in science, a variable is anything that can change or be changed. In other words, me, somebody say me, the variable can be transformed or changed to meet the end result of the equation. And what transforms me, the variable in the equation, to get with God? The anointing. The anointing is what happens when you're with God. The anointing, as y'all look, and if you hear a lot of things in here from Bill Winston, it's because Bill Winston is something I listen to every day. But Bill Winston did not, like, invent all of this. Y'all know that, right? Y'all know that he didn't invent this. So I did not plagiarize. Okay? But Bill Winston says this. The anointing is God's power coming on human flesh to do what only God can do. That's what it means to be with God. God's power, God's authority comes on you to do only what God can do. You need the anointing to reach the possibilities, the endless possibilities. With God, we step aside of what we can do in the natural and let him do through us only what he can do. And that comes with the anointing. If I'm with God, I have his anointing. I have the power to do only what God can do. Let's look at some of the ways we can use the anointing to open up the possibilities. Go with me to Mark 4, verse 35 through 41. And Farah has been asking me like a few days. She's been like, what are you preaching on? Because that helps her, you know, I'm sure 
And I, I would never tell you. And I never, I, did I ever tell you? And one of the songs that you did tonight was about speaking to the wind. Guess what? See, God knows what he's doing. Mark 4, 35 through 41. And again, read this with your supernatural eyes. That same day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. How many is ready to cross over? How many is ready to go over to a new land? New promises. Leaving the crowd behind. The disciples got in the boat in which Jesus was already sitting. He's, he's ready. He's like, let's go. Jesus was already sinning, and they took him with them. Other boats sailed with him. How many knows when you cross, some other boats are going to probably go with you? Come on, y'all. And suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious storm arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was nearly swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. Woo! So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to die? Fully awake now. Come on, y'all. How many knows when you got that good nap going, that you're in that good rest, and that kid comes in your room and shakes you and wakes you up, and you're now fully awake, and you're like, ah. Fully awake, he started rebuking. He rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea. See, Jesus did not want to. See, next time that you're shouting at your kids, don't feel too bad. Jesus did the same thing right here. Do it with love. He shouted to the sea, hush, be still. And all at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples, somebody say, uh-oh, and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe, humanly speaking. Come on, y'all. And said to one another, who is this man? who has such authority that even the wind and waves obey him. Man, if Jesus, I don't, maybe y'all can read that next scripture. I don't know if he says this or not, but that probably had to also make him a little upset. Come on, y'all. That they said, who is this man who has such authority? Because Jesus has been telling them that they also have the same authority and the same power that he has. There is a promised land that you're crossing to. Just think about that for a second. And you're going to leave behind the crowds to get to your endless possibilities. And you're going to think you're leaving them behind, leaving behind the critics and the voices. But the enemy will still be in the crossing. He will still be there. Where, wherever you are, the enemy is, he, he's, he's going to be there. 
until he's thrown in the pit. But baby, I'm going to rest on a cushion in the crossing. Just like Jesus. If I'm crossing over and a storm happens to blow, I'm going to rest on my cushion. My cushion is the word. My cushion is the promise. My cushion is the anointing. My cushion is the endless possibilities. And if for some reason someone pokes at me when I'm napping on my cushion and says, will you look at that storm? Will you look at the waves and the winds the enemy is trying to use to take you off your path? You're crossing over, and the enemy's trying to take your ship in another direction. But with God, somebody say, with God, with all my anointing, with my abilities that God has given me through his power, I will say three words to the storm. You will say three words to the storm. Hush, be still. Hush. That's what I did today. I I told Farrah this. I told that tire, I said, hush. Be still until I can get over, till I can get through the crossing to the land that I need to bring the provision to this tire and fix it. Hush, be still. I'm crossing to my endless possibilities. We got to speak sometimes to the crossing with the power and the authority before we get to the other side to our endless possibilities. Don't wait on Jesus to stop the storm. I'll say that one again. I may even write that down myself. Wait, I already wrote. Don't wait on Jesus to stop the storm. And don't go and get Jesus from his cushion of his finished works. He's sitting on his cushion of finished works. Now, if you go get Jesus, Jesus, because of Jesus who he is, is going to do what he's going to do. But once we take him off his cushion of the finished work, we can be subject to the same thing that he was telling the disciples. Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? He's not just saying that to Peter, James, and John. He can say that to us if we pull him off his cushion of the finished works. He's saying, haven't I given you all power and all authority that you can speak to the storm now? I've learned to trust my authority. We got to learn to trust our authority and trust the word. Trust your authority. Look at the storm and say, hush, be still. Our authority is Jesus' authority. It's the same. Somebody say it's the same. I got the word to prove it. Romans 8, 17. That's why when you say these things, you better have the word to back you up. Come on, y'all. Romans 8, 17, Passion Translation. I'm making y'all jump all over. But, you know, if you got that little beep, 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 beep. That was me changing the translation. And since we are his true children, we qualify, somebody say, I qualify, to share all his treasures, 
all the possibilities, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. All that he is, all that he has, all that he's ever walked in, you have that same thing to walk in. Guess what that makes you? That makes you a king. If you want to be a queen, you can be a queen. That makes you a king. And this makes your words the words of a king. And when a king, think about this. When a king speaks, there is no doubt behind the authority of those words. How do you know that? I got scripture, y'all. Ecclesiastes 8, 4. Amplified. Ecclesiastes 8, 4. For the word of a king. Somebody say, that's me. Is authoritative and powerful. And who? Who will say to him, what are you doing? Nobody's going to say that to a king. If they do, what's going to happen? Their head's going to get chopped off. They're going to be thrown in the dungeon. They're going to be put in front of a firing squad. With God, with the anointing, with authority, with the authority, everything is possible. And, and if someone ain't afraid to get their heads cut off, or the enemy's not afraid to get his head cut off. If someone doesn't recognize your authority and they say, what are you doing? My authority that I trust doesn't have to even entertain the question or dictate a response. If somebody, if you're crossing and the wind blows and you do, you and you use your authority and somebody says, what are you doing? Don't even answer. Don't let them pull a response out of you. Because all that is, is the enemy trying to pull a response of doubt of what if out of you. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities. The moment we allow the enemy to challenge our authority, the power meter of that authority begins to drop. It'd be that way. I was doing it for y'all. And do you know the battlefield the enemy first uses to challenge your authority? Your mind. The first place the enemy will try to challenge your authority, your with God, is in your mind. He wants to attack your thoughts. But with God, even my mind is transformed. My thought life is transformed. 1 Corinthians 2.16. New Living Translation. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things. It's like you just answered the doubters. We understand these things. That was almost like, that's almost like the enemy right there. 
I'm not saying this, but this is the way I'm reading it. Like, who can know the Lord's thoughts? You're not not you. That's the enemy trying to challenge your authority in your thoughts. And we say, but we understand our authority. We understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. If the enemy wants to come in the battlefield of our minds, he won't touch a battlefield that is the mind of Christ because he's wasting his time. The enemy does not want to waste his time because his time is borrowed. He knows he has a short window. So if I transform my mind and I say, this is the mind of Christ, I'm not going to let these thoughts, I'm not going to let these, these things come in to challenge my authority. The enemy's going to go somewhere else. The enemy tries to tell you, oh, you can't really be a kingdom financier because you don't even have a college degree. How many doesn't have a college degree in here? You see me, you see me right here? You see all these, you see all these kingdom financiers that don't? Now, good. College is a good thing if there's any teenagers in the house. College is a good thing. Don't worry, parents. But college doesn't determine your success. College can be a way to success. It can be a resource to success. Or how about this? He tries to tell you, oh, you're working a nine-to-five job, making $15 an hour, living paycheck to paycheck, and you think you're going to be a kingdom financer? Come on, y'all. He's told me that before. But, baby, I got the mind of Christ. I got the same mind. Here's what you got to get. The same mind, the mind of Christ, created the sun, invented plants. That same mind separated light from dark. With God, with the mind of Christ, think of all the creative possibilities that are in your mind. That's why I don't care about my decree. I don't care about my job. I don't care about, I'm thankful for those things, but they don't determine the endless possibilities because baby, I got the mind of Christ. There's new inventions in here. There's books in here. There's songs in here. There's businesses in here because we have the mind of Christ. That's why we can say we're kingdom financiers. Oh, Andy, how can you say that this church is full of millionaires? Because we have the minds of Christ. Endless ideas are in your mind. Endless inventions are in your mind. Endless businesses are in your mind. It's, Shaggy, it's not just one kingdom customs. Come on, y'all. There's not just, God is not going, all right, that's, there's even more for him to tap into. There's even more businesses for you to tap into. There's more creations. There's more financial insight in your mind. Do you know that God can tell you exactly what stock to buy? Come on, y'all. The same mind of Christ can get into the world's system and take money out of the world's system and deposit it into the kingdom. With God, everything is possible. No limits. Somebody say, no limits. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. This is Jesus, y'all. 
This is like, remember I just told you intently, he, he looked in the eyes and he's fixing to use another word right here. Another word, urge. Have you, has anybody ever urged you to do something? I mean, there's almost, not Jesus, but there's almost a hint of desperation. It's like, you have got to get this. We have got to get this. 1124, this is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer, be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. If Jesus urges you to do something, we need to do it. If Jesus is urging us, to boldly come before the throne and ask whatever we can say. I don't know if God wants me to have that. I don't know if God wants me to be a millionaire. That may not humble me like I'm supposed to be. Jesus just said, urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for. As long as it lines up with the word. Do houses line up with the word? Come on, y'all. Does the power to make wealth line up with the word? Yes. So be convinced that you have received these things, and it will be yours. Right now, if you go to the throne and say, God, give me creative thoughts that form this earth to be in me, he'll answer that if you believe it. I'm going to give just a second, just a second, for a holy ghost deposit of creative ideas in this church. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you for depositing creative ideas. Even in our apostle right now, and Pastor Jack, right now, Father, thank you for creative, wealth-producing ideas in the head. And let it flow, Father, throughout this congregation. Ask him right now. Come on, church. I, I'm, I got more word, but just I want to just take a second, just a moment for us to ask. And he said, boldly ask for these. You have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for creative ideas, creative inventions, creative businesses. Creativity is flowing in high praises church, y'all. God has given us the potential to dominate this earth. The creative ideas that he's going to give us, that he's giving us right now, is going to be used to dominate this earth. Now, I, got, I like me some Elon Musk. I don't know if y'all know who he is. The richest man in the world for now. Come on, y'all. And I, I look at him, and I'm like, wow, that dude has, he's got. But you know what? He tapped into his creative ideas. And we can do the same, but we have the power and the authority 
attached to us that as far as I know, Elon Musk doesn't have. So can you imagine if somebody like Elon Musk had the power and the authority and was using the word to say, I have the created, I have the mind of Christ. Woo! We do. Somebody say, watch out, Elon. <laughs> Here's the other thing we can't do. We can't look in the past on what held us back. Come on, y'all. Man, I can go back and look. I can go back and look at the fact that the moment that my parents moved out of the house that I was in, I'm telling you, the next day after my parents moved out of their house, the house that I grew up in, the city condemned it and tore it down. I came from, me and Farrah came from rough neighborhood. Y'all, we were next to a military base. And it was so bad that the, the military would not even let the, the military members come to pasture my dad's house. That's how bad that neighborhood was. Now, see, I can go back and I can say, oh, we came from this. How are we ever going to get to this? But you can't let the past dictate your future. Not your education not your past relationships, not your culture, not your neighborhood, not your city, not your family. Why? Philippians 3.13. Is this good, y'all? You can tell me if it wasn't. I like it. The Passion Translation. You know why it's good? Because it's the Word. Philippians 3.13. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past. What does all mean? As I fasten my heart to the future instead. Don't look back at where you came from for a reason on why you aren't where you want to be. Fasten your heart to the fact that you are with God. And the anointing flows in you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. See, that anointing wasn't always, hey, look, y'all, that anointing wasn't always operating in my life. But I'm not going to go back and look at that as a reason for why I'm not where I'm going to go. Now I say, I'm fastened in my heart that I'm now full of anointing. I now have fullness of prosperity. I now have fullness of peace. I have fullness of joy. And I am holding on to what the future has instead. You have the mind of Christ. You have the authoritative words of a king. So choose this day whom you will serve. Will you serve the past or will you serve the future? I choose to let go of the past. But, somebody say but. But the future, y'all got to get this too. And this, I'm speaking to me. The future 
is not something that is way off in the distance. The future is not, I got a five-year plan, I got a 10-year plan, and I'm going to work towards it. It's now. We aren't waiting years and years in the wilderness. Come on, y'all. We are not waiting 40 years to get across to our promised land. I choose to believe that. Mr. Julian, you want to play? I want to go and I want to close this out. Man, I'm telling y'all, these scriptures hit me like a ton of spiritual bricks. Somebody say, with God, everything is possible. Man, I'm telling you, get your word out. If you don't, if you get your phone out, Amos 9, 13 through 15, and I want you to put it on message, and I want to give you just a second, because I think this is, whew. This is God's decree to us, to you. He's not just saying this to Andy. He's not just saying this to Jack Midkiff. Stop looking. I, I wonder, I bet God's saying, man, I know that God's operating. Y- y'all are reading ahead. That's okay. This is for you. I want you to get this. The Holy Spirit wants you to get this. That this applies to you. Amos 9, 13 through 15. I'm going to try to make it through. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. This is God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast. Your head will swim. One thing fast on the hills of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Thank you, Father. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and the hills. I'll make everything right again for my people. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards, and they'll drink good wine. They'll work their gardens, and they'll eat fresh vegetables. Woo! And I'll plant them, plant them on their own lands, on your own land, renter. Come on, y'all. They'll never again. Be uprooted from the land that I have given them. God, your God, says so. Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, 
I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now, we want you to stay connected with our socials. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at The High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at The High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.